0: Welcome to Minute 54 of Movie Round Minute, the daily podcast, where we take a wild trip through the 1987 John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Mark Hoffmeyer of Deep Blue City Podcast and Movies, Films, and Flicks. Welcome back, Mark. I just want everyone
1: to know that I can take off my shoes without using my hands. Even if you're in a cramped car? Easily, yeah. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> who's tying these shoes who's tied these shoes on on jan John jan candies on john candy's feet i mean are, are, he's done it himself kick your shoes off you can't kick are you, is he triple knotting them is he has he cut all the circulation off of his feet he can't kick them off i
0: don't know no clue well we'll have to we'll have to get there and find out about it <laughs>
1: i have a very bad back it, i i look at things and i hurt my back so i know about adjusting seats but i oh, don't know as a tall person i've learned how to pack myself into places and i could kick my shoes off easily without using my hands it's interesting can you take your shoes off without your hands yeah
0: sure not a problem take them off putting right, them ba- we'll putting them back i know i jumped on. ahead putting them back on is, is more difficult to do without your hands but i can take them off that's fair i can easily kick that's them off. very fair that, that's yeah Right. So Minute 54 begins with Neil continuing to get more and more annoyed with Dell, and ends with Dell and Neil arguing again. You know, they, they, these guys like to argue. They, they find reasons to argue and stuff like that. So, you know, the, the minute begins with the, the, the last part of the, the song that we were talking about yesterday. And Neil is really just about to lose all the patience that he has left. And he turns to Dell, who is playing too much, around, too much with the, the seat, and says, will you please stop doing that with the seat? <laughs> wow. and, and then Dell responds, once you start screwing around with these damn things, you can never get comfortable. And the answer that, that Neil gives him is, is then quit screwing around with it. He goes, I got to get comfortable. Do you have a bad back? Well, I do, and it hurts like a bugger. There's only a couple of good positions for it. And then Neil says, "You're gonna break it." And then Dell goes, "Ah, done." He goes, "Good, lovely, lovely, lovely." So, what's funny to me is, as as a parent of teenagers, it sounds like this is a parent and a teenager having an argument. Yeah, it doesn't sound like two adults are having this argument. It's like, "Would you stop doing that already?" I'm like, "No, no, no I'm just about that." Yeah, it's so I I I find that nice parallel between the two of them. I mean, we know that that Neil and Dell have very very different personalities. There's no question about that. And they both deal with things very differently, but it's just funny watching them argue like this.
1: Yeah. And you know what though? I think this is quite plausible in this situation because let's say you and I get along great. You and I are on the road trip and you're fiddling with your seat. I'm listening to music. I'm looking at the road. It doesn't bother me. Right. I am not bothered by it because we're not annoyed at each other. So you fiddling around with your seat. I'm like, Oh, you gotta get your bad back. It's all good. But by the third day of us driving across the country after, you know, you're sore, you're tired of driving, you know, you, you had an argument about the tip. You two are annoyed at each other. You doing the same thing would drive me up the wall. Right. Okay. Like just, just so I don't know if you know that, like if you, if you think like that at all, like sometimes like when you, something that's endearing at one point, when you're annoyed with the person is completely annoying on the other. Yeah, of course. So right. I, Come on, Mark. I like you and I are both
0: married. We know that, that how that works. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly and, yeah, exactly and, and you know it's kind of fun watching these two grown men <laughs> you'd love a person to death yeah. but you still can get annoyed at certain things that they do if they keep doing it exactly and so yeah but that scene that's why this scene makes sense to me like they just seem and also i i like that like neither one of them shows much e- like empathy towards the other like they don't ever because they don't need to like,
0: like they don't they don't need to. Because again, well, when you're when you're in a, a real friendship or in a loving marriage or whatever it is, so so you wanna you you wanna give in. But at this point neither one of them wants to give in because they don't feel that they need to. Yeah,
1: but that just makes it so much harder. But it makes sense. Yeah. Two stubborn people, you know, salesmen do have egos. Like they you know, they gotta get out there and sell. They do have egos on them. Right. So yeah, I mean, it's just and they're already on the bad they're already they've already argued. Man.
0: Right. But that yeah, it's just a so good seat gag the, though. It's like a it. great seat gag. There's no question about that. Now, first thing I wanted to mention is the the fact that that Dell mentions he has a bad back, but didn't he ha Wouldn't that have bothered him when he was sitting in either of the airports that he was sitting in? Wouldn't it have bothered him when he was se- on the airplane, or when he was on the train, or when he was on the bus, or when he was on the, in the diner? I mean, this is the first time that Dell is complaining about his bad back, and he's been in other cramped spaces throughout the the 53 minutes preceding this yeah i guess it could be cumulative then there's the bigger question that okay what was what was happening when he was driving you know was he able mm. to, to 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 put the seat in a place where it was comfortable for him at that point i don't know i
1: mean he's just being a brat yeah i think at so. this point i think so he's being a brat it's it's uh, yeah he would have showcased this already um now i would guess it could be cumulative damage You've been sitting for a long this four and a half hour drive is taking 78 hours but it could be a yeah he's being a brat i think it is He's because there's no way it takes that much work to get comfortable on a seat he's just winding poor steve martin up yeah do you think he yeah, is Yeah,
0: completely i need breaks <laughs> and and then he breaks the seat now now, one of the things that I heard, and I mentioned this uh, earlier in the, the in the show, in, in one of the first episodes, that that this is one of the two scenes that Steve Martin loved and signed on because of. There's this scene, and there's yeah, the air- and there's the the marathon scene. These two scenes You're <laughs> are are basically the reasons why Steve Martin took took on this role. He loved the, yeah, that's the, funny this whole uh, confrontation
1: between the two of them. Yeah, it's great. I love it though because. I don't, I've never heard a car seat like, I've heard, you know, people smash somebody with their car seat and like smash st- st- like stick them in the back of the car like they can't move. But it's such a petty argument. And it's such a funny thing to see in the script. And also, too, I think it shows how good Martin and Candy are as performers because they're both being brats, but they're still somewhat likable in the scene. You can kind of you know that the actors are good. and The writing's good when you can see both sides yes. of this mm-hmm. like car trips. Listen, car trips are not comfortable. Like I, the last time I took a long drive, I ended up like getting really bad varicose veins. And I had to go get surgery on them because like, you know, you get a blood clot that pulls up. So you can be very uncomfortable on long drives. So you are like, OK, John Candy's doing this. But then you look at Martin and this it's just the excessiveness of the moving of the seat. And so you're just thinking, OK, that is annoying. And he's at a point of just yelling at everybody. He's been punched. He could be possibly concussed. I mean, if you get knocked, a KO punch could leave you concussed. And he he hit his head maybe on the pavement. So you have two people. You see both their sides, but it's good. But neither of them are, I think are unlikable in this situation. And that's what I like. I think that, you know what? I was just thinking about this. Like in this movie, I think it works because no one's outright ever fully unlikable in this. Sometimes you get buddy movies where there's a very, very very unlikable person. But then 30 minutes in, they're like, oh, but they're, they actually have a heart of gold. And you're like, no, this is a, a miserable person. They're, they, they both have redeeming qualities from the start. And I think that's
0: why this argument works so well. Right. For me, at least. I Completely agree. I mean, I've mentioned this earlier also when, when we've dealt with other arguments between the two of them, part of the problem with this movie, and it's not a problem, it's a good thing, is the fact that you don't know who to root for when the two of them are arguing together because mm-hmm. they're both so lovable and they're, they're so personable in everything that's happening. So, I mean, this is a perfect case here. As mm-hmm. you said, you can, you can see both perspectives of this argument because everyone has been in one or, or the other situation or sometimes even both situations. And that makes things so much more relevant for viewers to watch. You know, that you can really see these characters. It's such and a minor argument. It's a silly argument, but again, it's an argument between two sense. people who yeah. don't want to basically give in. To, you know, that's what it is. Neither neither one of them wants to give in to the other one. And I think it, we were talking about deleted scenes, and you read the
1: six-minute uh, phone call. I think it works better to keep these two together or in each other's orbit. You don't want to cut away for six minutes because you want to almost be claustrophobic with these two. Right. So you need to know that he's going back home. But I think this works best by cutting those scenes because – these two are who matter and i don't think this scene works if you keep cutting back six minute scenes with him talking to his family so i think the whole thing of them just being wedged together works yes and then you know just the, the comical car going back the car seat going back and forth But uh, where this scene lost me, though, you're about to read. Uh, I'll let you get there, though, if you want to read the rest of of the script. Well, well, first of all, all
0: about the the, the car seat. I mean, you know, I mentioned yesterday that it sounds very unrealistic, the way that it's moving around and stuff like that. But do you think they would, I mean, do do car seats move around that simply? You know, I mean, on on my car, I have a lever and whatever. I can't move right to left. You'd think that, and John Candy's a hefty guy, you know, sitting on that seat. If if it's on that many uh, widges or whatever you want to call it, you know, <laughs> of course it's going to break pretty quickly. But but it goes in directions that you don't expect the car seat to go into. You know, why do you need to move the car seat right or left? That had to. That's a modification because that's probably the only car on the planet that does that. That's right. That's. I was going to say, do you think that that's a practical effect, or is that, you know, just having? Oh yeah. Or is that just having John Candy move back and forth? Cause we'd never see the characters oh, no. I think move.
1: they, I think they had to have made it like, you know, they, they actually ADR'd it of course, but you know, these people have so many budgets, they would have just given him something to play with. I think, right. I think that that thing was moving right now. I think he was, you know, adding some, some extra sauce to it, but yeah, no. Yeah. Okay. Mixed up. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's a huge movie at this time. It's huge. Like they have a budget. Yeah. They shot this movie for what? 90 days. This is money. They got money. Yeah. So yeah. And this is Candy and Martin too. They could afford the the special effects crew could go in there and build a little rig. They probably had it in the
0: studio, put it on a gimbal. Yeah. yeah. They built it. That's my theory. You can see this is a fake mm-hmm. car set because you see behind them, you know, what like the way they used to do in the old movies where you just have, you know, two people sitting in front of a camera and and it makes it pretend as if they're they're driving somewhere cuz but the good thing they have here is they have the trunk Behind them, that you can always see in the back window, which is obscuring the view of any other cars, which worked. Oh, that's such a smart choice.
1: Exactly, that's a really smart choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also too the the dry the fake driving of these two men is pretty
0: yes
1: exceptional. I would say there's not much of taking a wheel and and uh, you can't see my motion, but you've seen movies where people just shake the wheel when they're driving. But yeah. no, good fake driving in this scene too, and good fake annoying each other, real annoying correct. each other. If Fincher had these guys in a car together, they would have done a hundred <laughs> takes. They would have hated. Well, each other. I mean,
0: John Hughes did a lot of takes also. You know, That's the true. amount of film that he that that he used here is apparently twice as much as a a normal movie this size uses or something like that. I remember reading that at the beginning or whatever. So basically, at this point, Dell then gets upset and says, "Oh, damn it!" And Dell goes, "What now?" Says, well, I got the seat just where I want it, but I can't reach my feet to get my shoes off. And he goes, that's just fine. Leave your shoes on. I can't relax if I, get my, if I got my shoes on. I don't care to breathe your foot odor. Leave the shoes on. Gee, it must be swell to be so perfect and odor free. You know, there's plenty of things about you that bother me, but I'm decent enough not to bring them up. Really? That's right. What do I do that bothers you? I'm curious. And he goes, there's a lot of things. And and that's pretty much the end of the way that this is that that this conversation goes in this minute. Now, did you notice that first of all, a lot of times while they're having this conversation, we don't see them. It's pretty much ADR in. We see the the car driving on the highway. Yeah. So they, they they do that a lot in this minute, which which is great the way that they do that. And did you also notice that there that there are three items on the dashboard in front of Dell? the entire time no, they're no, they're, they're, I didn't very, they're, they're somewhat blurry but you can see that there's a pack of cigarettes there's what looks like an empty bag of either potato chips or pretzels or something like that and then there's something that looks like a twinkie again i don't know for sure but i just thought it was really funny that it just it's just there you know and it doesn't move the car can swerve back and forth Dell can swerve back and forth with what he's doing and it's still there doesn't change so I I like the way they did that. Ooh, he bought that with okay. that money. Uh, and also,
1: as far as someone being odor-free, when I think about Steve Martin, I think he would be as close to odor-free as a human <laughs> could true. come. Nothing that Steve Martin has ever done makes me think, I could smell this man. Like, are there any other actors? like actresses? I was saying actresses might be weird. Are there any other actors? Well, you I could smell him. Oh, okay. a League of That's Their great. Own?
0: That's true. Yeah. Ah,
1: so you're League saying their someone own? Who doesn't look as if he sweats. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or like smells when they sweat. Like it's just odor free. Who would. Is there another odor free. Like Bill Murray sweats. You know. Vin Diesel sweats. Yeah. Most most action. Hit- Steve McQueen. They're going to sweat.
0: sweat. Yeah.
1: James Garner. You know, he would put out like a musk. He would even wear cologne. And he would still smell like cologne.
0: Maybe. Maybe David McCollum. David McCollum. Who? You know. Uh, Ashley Pitt. Ashley Pitt in the green school. Oh,
1: yeah. Wait, let me pull him up. I, I'm not... He's, why he's I on
0: not Oh. Oh, of course. And and obviously, Goon Mark. Hmm. Oh, he,
1: no, <laughs> no, he... No, no, he... I can... I'm looking at these, yeah, things. I smell them.
0: David Spade? No, he smells... Yeah, no, I don't know, <laughs> Um. All right,
1: well, no, we, we can do it. Right, we get three more names. We have to, like, pitch three more names. All right, so... Who does... Robert Downey Jr. Nah. I feel like he'll smell like yeah. hand sanitizer or something. Let's see.
0: Anthony Hopkins definitely
1: smells. He would. He. I would think Anthony Hopkins <laughs> smells like. Smell, he smells like like a heavy cologne. Yeah, or wine. Yeah. I think Steve Martin is as close to you can come as okay. a human who Great. doesn't smell.
0: You'll, you'll have to meet him at some point and maybe find out. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yep. Knew it. Great. Knew it.
1: I mean, he and Martin Short hang out. I, I don't think Martin Short would be very pungent, but I definitely, yeah. he sweats a lot, so I could see him doing it. But he's uh, he's maybe next in line for less pungency.
0: <laughs> all right, so the script here has a few discrepancies. First of all, Neil puts his wallet in the glove compartment as he's driving. In the movie, it only happens when he's back in, in the seat, which will happen uh, next week, right? Hmm. And Del swears a little more in the script than he did, in in uh, the final cut and then their conversation about the the feet is actually a little bit longer so i'm going to quickly just go through that so neil says i don't care to breathe your foot odor leave the shoes on and del says when did you smell my feet neil goes at the airport on the plane on the train on the bus in the motel and i don't care to smell them in the car and i suppose nothing on you smells neil goes not like that and he goes, gee, it must be a swell feeling to be perfect and odor-free. Now, in the movie, a, the, the line is, gee, it must be swell to be perfect and odor-free. So I, I like the fact that they were able to cut out those two words along the way, which works. And then uh, Neil goes, I never said I was perfect. Mm. And then Del says, well, you don't come right out and say it. <laughs> I, however, am understanding enough to let them pass. And, and that's pretty much the, the only differences here within the script so yeah now it works out perfect the way it is i'm glad they cut it now what, what i find really funny is is you know i i only read the script after i do my research for the minute so you know you and i were talking before and i mentioned the fact you know about the bad back and i mentioned all the different places where it should have, have bothered him and then here in the script they mentioned all of those places where he took his shoes and socks off you know you probably didn't notice this most people didn't notice i only noticed it when i first started doing the research on this uh you know, minute by minute. But Dell takes his shoes off when they're in the airport at the beginning waiting for he does. their plane in New York. Not just on the plane. I mean, he takes them off again on the plane. On the plane, yeah. But but you you see Dell numerous times walking around in his socks. So, yes, he knows how to take – he takes his socks off quite often.
1: Ugh. That's yeah. rude. He's a traveling salesman too. Maybe he travels so much he's given up on being – like – he knows they have to, he has to travel so much, so he just put himself
0: first. Well, he's washing his underwear in the sink every day, so you know <laughs> it's the type of life he's he's definitely roughing it. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, completely. All right. So, <laughs> you got anything else for this
1: minute, Mark? This just gave me a weird visual of John Candy clean. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, this was fun. I'm I'm glad we got to cover this one. I I, I loved our odor-free <laughs> conversation. That's what I wanted. That's what I was. I in my notes right here,
0: odor-free. That's what I wanted. So. There you go what what so what, what visualization of John Candy were you thinking of
1: oh no i was just no no the visualization of um uh the odor free like and then oh. also i just want to say the shoe thing he could take his shoes off he's being a brat he could kick those shoes off brat yeah. i don't like it
0: yeah but but i think if he would have kicked them off they would they would have flown into neil's space <laughs> i think the way that he would have kicked them off they would have like hit neil in the head or something like that you know just causing a few a few more arguments around there <laughs> Yeah, I could see that definitely. Yeah, but it wasn't necessary. It's it's better to have them arguing like adults with instead of adding in a little bit of slapstick of shoes hitting people in the head. Yeah, because this movie does walk a fine line. It's not it's not too
1: slapsticky, which is good. There's a couple little elements, but it's not really that kind of movie. I can smell All his right. feet right now, though. It's gross. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so get get some deodorizer. Yeah, start, oh, start spraying some deodorizer around your room. <laughs> So every every day we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track where myself and my guests give a little story about some adventure that has happened to us along the journey of life. So, Mark, you got another one for us? Yeah, this is really pretentious. But
1: speaking of shoes, I was in Scotland in 06, and my brother and I uh, naively thought that we could hike to the top of Ben Nevis, the highest uh, mountain in Scotland. So we started late in the afternoon. And we started, this is when we were younger and like really good shape. So we started running up, but the problem was the soles of my shoes came off. So essentially I was just walking on a complete flat rubber bottom of a shoe because the major part of my two soles fell off and we almost made it to the top, but we didn't make it to the top, but we almost got it to the top But it got so late. We didn't bring jackets. The temperature dropped so low It got so foggy that we couldn't see where we were on the top of the mountain. So we were like, we could do this, but getting down would be a nightmare. A helicopter flew under us, which was awesome. But I remember doing this entire hike without soles of my shoes. You have no soles. We ran down. Yeah, that's right. But it was cool. It was a great hike. Beautiful hike. There was lakes up in the mountains. A helicopter went like we're so high up. Helicopters were going underneath us. We didn't make it to the top. But if we had a couple extra hours, we would have easily. But yeah, speaking of shoes, I lost the soles of my shoes. (laughs) <laughs> while hiking to the highest peak in scotland
0: okay well at least you can say that right <laughs> yeah exactly all right so mark you feel like coming back again tomorrow to finish off the week with us let's do it can't
1: wait you're going right, uh, right, i'll save just, it for the end of this episode i was gonna say something okay <laughs>
0: not yet not yet <laughs>
1: that's my motto when most people podcast with me they're like mark stop mark come on wait <laughs>
0: that's all right not a problem so until tomorrow you're fine you're fine